Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. What's up, guys? Guess what? We made it. The preseason is here. Therefore, the 2023 football season is actually here. I mean, technically, it began a couple weeks ago when training camp started, but that wasn't real for people like you and me until we saw our beloved Chicago Bears take the field yesterday uh, against the Tennessee Titans in another preseason victory. Matt Eberflus, 4-0 in preseason uh, so far in his short tenure as our beloved head coach. And, um, you know, this is what we've been looking forward to pretty much since the beginning of last season. We knew we were going to have to eat shit uh, for 2022 one way or another uh, just because the, you know, we heard all the rumblings about how bad the team was supposed to be. We heard, uh, you know, people condemning Ryan Poles because he didn't surround Justin Fields with enough talent or give him enough help. Uh, and that became evident across the season. But with what Ryan Pace left behind in the, in the way of draft picks and salary cap space, what could Ryan Poles do? You know, and, uh, you know, we made it through the season. Miraculously, Justin Fields took the next step uh, in his development where he became the best player on the team, where he became the dynamic quarterback. Still has some work to do uh, in the passing game, but he proved to be a dynamic electric playmaker uh, despite what was around him, uh, uh, you know, last year. And then in this offseason, everything that we were hoping that we would see uh, you know, but Ryan Poles didn't go nuts and, and spend all the money just because he had it, but he went out and he improved the football team. We had the number one pick. Thank you very much, Lovey Smith. And we used that number one pick to get a number one receiver we would not have otherwise been able to get. Because uh, without being able to get our hands on DJ Moore, the Bears have a hell of a decision to make when we pick in the first round. Do we take the offensive tackle uh, that could definitely help us uh, or – do we get that wide receiver to go along with Mooney and Claypool because we still don't have a number one uh, just yet? But instead, Carolina helped us out with that, sent us DJ Moore, and uh, <laughs> along with everything else that Ryan Poles did uh, in the offseason, including finally signing our edge rusher in Yannick Ngakwe uh, just this past week. This is a team that, uh, you know, especially in this division without Aaron Rodgers, this wide-open NFC North, you could easily see contending for, if not winning, the division this year. 2023 is going to be a very exciting season, or at least going into it. You know, we were saying that all about the the uh, the AFC West last year, and uh, you know the Chiefs. The Chiefs were the only ones that really showed up for the entire party. Uh, the Chargers were banged up, still managed to go ten and seven, but the Raiders and the Broncos were utter disasters. So. You know, uh, everyone thought the West was going to be the Wild West with the quarterbacks and everything in that division. And everyone thinks that the NFC North is going to be wide open now that Aaron Rodgers is gone. That leveled the playing field significantly, even though the Packers weren't very good last year with him. But uh, it's going to be an exciting season. So let's talk about this preseason game 
and uh, you know, get this 2023 season kicked off. This is the preseason week one review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. Before we get to the game, guys, got a little life news that I want to share uh, with everyone. Uh, it's a good news, bad news thing. Uh, the bad news is, and it's not that bad, to be completely honest with you, but uh, I lost my job uh, a couple months ago uh, in June, and um, it's not too much to hem and haw about because uh, the way that I like to uh, ref- uh, classify it is that uh, basically I got dumped by someone I planned on breaking up with anyway, so they kind of did me a favor. I mean, the only thing uh, was that, uh, you know, they uh, – oh, and the good thing was I actually got laid off because the company is, quote-unquote, having financial problems. So uh, instead of quitting for free and getting nothing, uh, I got, uh, you know, six-week severance and uh, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I got, I got a month and a half's worth of uh, paychecks for nothing. Uh, they paid me to leave, which is probably as good a deal as you can get when it comes to losing your job. Um, so that's the quote-unquote bad news. The good news is that it uh, finally has brought me back to the Chicagoland uh, area. Um, I've been living out in Cedar Rapids for the last five years, and I moved out to Cedar Rapids to be closer to my job, which was in Iowa City about 20 minutes away because I was living in the Quad Cities at the time and the commute was an hour to an hour and 10 one way twice a day every day and it was just getting to me so I decided to move out and be closer uh, to it Um, obviously the pandemic made that uh, pointless because we went full-time remote uh, during the pandemic and then obviously having lost the job in June it feel felt extremely pointless to be out in Cedar Rapids by myself so I decided that I wanted to come back home, be close to the family, and uh, be back in my hometown area again. So now I'm starting off in in, uh, Indiana at my dad's place, and I'm telling you guys that because every now and then you might hear some muffled barking from time to time because dad and stepmom have four dogs, uh, one of which is stone deaf, can't hear a thing, but he is hell-bent on protecting the house and everyone in it. So every once in a while, he will just randomly get up and start barking at whatever. We have no idea. We would love to know what it is he's barking at. We followed him into the room, and he is just literally barking at the walls. So uh, God bless him. He's a big old sweet teddy bear of a puppy, but he just likes to just randomly start barking at things. So, uh, you know, where I'll be recording the show while I'm here. Uh, until I find a place, is uh, in the basement, which means he'll be hovering right above me while he's barking at nothing. So if you hear the muffled barking sounds, that's what that is. And uh, the reason that you don't uh, hear someone telling him to be quiet is because he's deaf. He can't hear me telling him to be quiet. So you just got to let it go. So that might be uh, one of those background things you hear from time to time is our big puppy, Buddy, upstairs. So just wanted to give you a heads up on that. And uh Glad to be moving back home and, and close to my family and, and things like that. And, uh, you know, being a, you know, a short drive away to, to visit my mom in town and uh, as opposed to, you know, having to plan uh, a visit or, you know, a four and a half hour drive to be able to see each other. So very happy about that. Uh, I'm excited about being back home and what the future holds so uh, they can keep that shitty job. And uh, I'm going to find myself a new one. 
and uh, that pays better, and so I can get a nice place out here and uh, put in roots uh, where it all started. So anyway, just wanted to share that with you guys that I'm actually going to be moving back to the Chicagoland area, which is a long time coming, long time coming. So speaking of long time coming, as I mentioned in the open, we've been waiting for this 2023 season uh, to come since the beginning of 2022. You know, we grin and bear it for, for 2022. Uh, Justin Fields at least made that exciting uh, for us. And God bless Matt Eberflus. He doesn't quite get enough credit for how tough and how well the team played at times. You know, all the, uh, the one-score games, uh, I think we pretty much lost them all, but <laughs> we were in a lot of football games. We, we, we played tough and hung in with teams that were way better than us last year, especially towards the end of the season when we were just being, you know, picked apart by, by injuries and things like that. Those games that we played against Buffalo uh, and Philly and, you know, Philly ended up going to the Super Bowl and we banged them up pretty good uh, in the, in the end there, you know, I mean, all day long, actually picked off Jalen Hurts a couple of times, knocked him out of the football game. He ended up missing a game or two before the playoffs started uh, and everything. And, you know, Justin Fields played like a beast and, uh, you know, nothing but respect coming from the Eagles uh, after that game uh, and everything. And that's pretty much how it went all season, all season long. You know, we ended the season on a 10-game losing streak, unfortunately, but we were in a lot of those ball games. We were playing tough, and that's credit to our to our head coach for getting those guys to go out there and play to that level for 60 minutes as opposed to looking at the scoreboard uh, and giving up when it looks like it's all turning against us uh, kind of thing. So, you know, he's got a, a brand-new football team essentially because, uh, you know, not only did Poles gut the, the franchise from 2021 to 2022, he overhauled the roster yet again between 2022 and 2023. We've got a revamped offensive line. We've got... Uh, what, two, three new offensive weapons in DJ Moore, Dante Freeman, uh, Robert Tunyon. Um, am I forgetting anybody as far as new to the team? No, I think that's it as far as people that we're going to see every day. Uh, you know, we've, we've got a basically a, a revamped back seven uh, with Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards uh, coming in, uh, drafting Tyreek Stevenson. Uh, and, and then, of course, we beefed up that defensive line with uh, with Andrew Billings, our two draft picks, and in 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 Gravon Dexter and Zach Pickens, who had a sack yesterday, a pretty awesome looking sack too, by the way. And then this past week, adding Yannick Ngakwe to be that edge rusher, even if he's on a one year rental, you know the guy oozes consistency. He still had nine and nine and a half sacks for a bad football team in New Indianapolis last year. So despite the football team around him not being very good, he got the job done. So. Uh, not to mention, we saw some really promising things from our pass rush yesterday uh, against the Titans. So, um, yeah, it's uh, we're here. It's uh, it's exciting, and uh, you know, it, it's the preseason. So, even though we did some pretty amazing things yesterday, I want everybody to just relax. <laughs> the uh, seeing the 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 touchdown play uh, to uh, to DJ Moore does not mean we're going to the Super Bowl, guys. <laughs> Remember, we had this conversation last year when we unexpectedly dominated the 49ers uh, week one. Fast forward to the end of the season, we only won two more games the entire season after that, and the 49ers were more than likely an injured quarterback away from going to the Super Bowl 
last year. So it's just like I said after that game, you know, the Bears winning this game against the 49ers doesn't mean the 49ers suck, and it doesn't mean the Bears are going to be great. It just means we won this game, and it feels great. And it did, and it still does. It was a, it was a lot of fun watching that game, watching the Bears grind it out uh, on defense and, and, uh, and everything, running the football, and, and even though it wasn't pretty, Justin Fields throwing the – he threw two touchdown passes in that game. You can't hate on that. And uh, we did enough to win the game and, and beat a team we had no business beating uh, last year. So um, – and here we are now, and um, the game didn't get started on on the on the biggest uh, on the best uh, note because we kicked off to the Titans, and then Malik Willis playing for the uh, playing for Ryan Tannehill, who was who was benched or you know healthy scratch, but you know it's preseason, so he wasn't playing. Proceeded to uh, march the Titans down the field on a seventy-five yard touchdown drive uh, that started with like a thirty-yard play on first down. On the very first play of the drive, he breaks the pocket, rolls to the right, finds a guy wide open uh, in the middle of the field. It was a 30-yard gain. I still contend it was a fumble, but, uh, you know, that's just my extremely biased opinion because um, the guy got popped by Tyreek Stevenson, who was laying some leather yesterday. And um, the referees say the ball came out when he hit the ground. I don't know. Go back and look at the replay. Kind of looks like the ball was coming loose before he hit the ground. But like I said, that's just my extremely biased opinion uh, on the matter. And like I said, they capped it off with a, uh, I think it was like a three or a four touchdown run on a QB keeper for uh, Malik Willis to take a quick seven to nothing lead. So, but also things to keep in mind of that particular defensive unit. Uh, No Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, out there obviously Yannick Ngakwe didn't play uh just yet we didn't see Mercedes Lewis out there yesterday we did see Tunyon uh and Cole Komet for the brief time that the starters played in the first quarter but um you know there were some pieces missing to that defense it wasn't the uh wasn't the whole thing that we'll see week one uh against Green Bay but nonetheless they got marched right down the field on us and uh put it in the end zone and uh, then the real fun began. We finally got to see our offense uh, go out there. And Matt Eberflus told us all, I believe on Thursday, that the starters were going to play a few snaps on Saturday. Okay, great. Started off with a short dump off to Kari Blazing game for a first down. Um, I think we ran it a couple of times. And then, of course, the fireworks, a, a designed screenplay. Now, <clears throat> for those of you who remember, how impossible it has been through however many different coaching regimes that the Bears have had just a hell of a time running a screenplay that didn't get automatically blown up at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage. Because you know how Matt Nagy loved to run those, uh, those quick screens on third and six where the receiver is catching the ball four to five yards behind the line of scrimmage. So he doesn't have to get six yards to get a first down. He's got to get 10 or 11 to get a first down. Um, Well, this was a screenplay, and it was a well-executed screenplay, which is what what got me excited even more so than the fact it was DJ Moore that, uh, that made the play, was that as you see DJ running down the field, just about every offensive lineman is downfield making the blocks that opened up those lanes. Because I think it was Braxton Jones and Tevin Jenkins that that made the final two blocks that sprung DJ Moore for good. 
but I saw Cody Whitehair out there, and I believe I saw um, uh, Jatire. Is, is it Jatiri? Is that how you pronounce his name? Uh, Carter, uh, second-year guy. He's playing right guard for Nate Davis, who hasn't been practicing yet in training camp. The Bears claim to not be concerned, but it's about time he gets himself out there. But, uh, you know, it's uh, they, sprung, they sprung DJ Moore open, and basically he caught the ball. He made one guy miss, and then shoom, straight down the sideline, 62 yards, for a touchdown and the bears are on the board just like that. And, uh, <laughs> that was pretty awesome. Uh, and the, the defense gets the ball, uh, back and a couple of plays into the next drive. It kind of looked like a busted play. Like, Oh man, the offensive line still, still leaking like crazy. Turns out it was another screen play. Uh, this time it was to uh, Khalil Herbert. I think the, the offensive line just didn't hang on to their guys long enough. But they did that one thing where like, okay, I'm going to pretend to block you for a split second, and then I'm going to get my ass downfield so I can set up the blocks. And sure enough, uh, you know, Fields under duress dumps the ball off to Khalil Herbert. It was like third and six, third and seven. And 56 yards later, he's in the end zone uh, for a touchdown. And, you know, just like that, bang, bang, Justin Fields is three for three with for 129 yards and two touchdowns, and the kid's barely broken a sweat. So I don't think this means we're going to average 50 points a game or anything like that, but the execution that I saw on those two plays is extremely encouraging. You know, that's what I was excited about. Not so much that we had these big plays, but how well those plays were executed. I mean, aside from, you know, Justin Fields having to, nearly throw that second touchdown pass under a pile of bodies that were crashing in on him. But the fact that, you know, those things were set up perfectly, the linemen got downfield, they made their blocks, they opened up the holes, and then that last 10 yards was all Khalil Herbert. They sh- the Titans should have had him, but he fought him and, and kicked and squirmed and found himself uh, in the end zone, giving the Bears the, uh, the lead on that one. You know, it's a hell of a way to start off what everyone has been looking forward to in this season, you know, like I've said a million times and I've said it half a dozen times so far in this episode, 2023 is what we've all been looking forward to since the beginning of last season. You know, I don't think any of us thought it was going to be as bad as it was as far as, you know, three and 14, a 10 game losing streak to end the season and all that kind of nonsense. But we knew it was going to be a tough year to get through. We knew the bears are playing with bare bones because Ryan Pace left nothing in the way of salary cap or picks for Ryan, uh, excuse me, Ryan Pace did. Uh, for Ryan Poles, I should say. And, um, you know, we made it through. We made it through, and this was one hell of a uh, thank you from the Bears, I guess, to uh, to go out and, and do those things, to, to see DJ Moore, who are all, I think, over the moon. Can't wait to see him start playing in real football games uh, and everything, because we've heard all the great things coming out of camp, how he and Justin Fields look like they've been playing together for 10 years the chemistry that they have, uh, you know, how Fields relies on him, uh, the clips that I've seen uh, from from training camp. Fields looks a lot more confident. Like, he is, at the very least, more confident in DJ Moore than he has been with anybody else that he's played through, played with thus far. No, I mean, he's hung it up there for, um, for Mooney from time to time, so I think he trusts Mooney. But, um, you know, and... Uh, yeah, that was really nice to 
to see those two hook up early uh, in the preseason and, and, you know, talk about a way to introduce yourself to the new fan base. You know, we've all been seeing the clips online of uh, how well it's been going and how the two of them have been dominating in practice more times than not uh, in training camp. And uh, to see it happen on, on the field, though, is, is, is something else uh, entirely. So that was really cool uh, to see. Very exciting uh, to watch. And you're like, all right, here we go. Didn't think they'd come out for another drive because they scored on the first handful of plays, but Eberflew sent them out there for one more, and they gave us another uh, big play. So if we can look forward to lots of explosive plays like that, it's going to be a lot of fun to do the podcast this year. Um, it, um, you know, I, I for one, am uh, I'm looking forward to it. But, uh, you know, Fields was uh, three for three, like I said, 129, two touchdowns, perfect quarterback rating of 158. Point three, which is hard not to do when you are perfect and you threw three passes and two of them went for touchdowns. So big, big, big touchdowns. So and for for all the the hubbub that's been made about our passing offense only averaging about 130 yards a game last year, worse than the NFL by a lot. Uh, it was uh, pretty fun to see Justin Fields only complete three passes in his first preseason game for almost exactly that amount. 129 yards. So, yeah, that was fun. But um, things got interesting in the second quarter because for a for a first quarter that was basically blemish free. Like I don't. I think maybe there were one or two flags on the Titans. The Bears no flags in the first quarter. Uh, there were no turnovers in the first quarter, despite the uh, the fumbles uh, and everything. But the second quarter was. Like a comedy of errors, there were, I think they said, six turnovers in the second quarter, three apiece for the Bears and for the Titans. Uh, Valus Jones, God bless this kid, man. I've, I've been hearing that he's been one of the stars uh, of training camp. He's been out there doing great things, making a name for us, making a real push this year to stay on the football team because he just, uh, you know, obviously he was a disappointment Last year, he lost his job as as punt returner, uh, I think, after the Washington game, which was, you know, only like the third game that he'd been healthy for because he missed the first, what, three, four games of the season last year. But his, in his first game against the Giants, he muffed the punt that basically cost us the game. Uh, who was week five last year? Minnesota. Um, well, he scored a touchdown against Minnesota on a handoff, but nonetheless... But, I mean, and then against Washington, uh, you know, he, he had that one that muffed and it led to Washington's only touchdown, which ended up being enough for them to win the game uh, as well. And it was the second time he had done it. I don't know if he was losing the ball in the sun and didn't want to muff the punt that way, but he let the ball land in front of him. And, you know, he did it once before. And I think it was just the ball got downed and that was it. It was a no harm, no foul thing. But on the second one, the ball lands in front of him and goes flying way up in the air. And he stands there and waits for the ball to come down. And literally the second he touches it, he gets blasted by a Titan. It's a live football. The Titans recover. Now, thankfully, (laughs) Will Levis uh, comes out on the field and, and did what rookies do. Or was it Malik Willis? I think it was Willis, actually, that came out and uh, threw an interception. It was Willis. It was it, it tipped off 
of his, uh, I think it was a tight end. It was off his tight end's hands and was intercepted by A.J. Thomas. Uh, I believe he's an undrafted guy, A.J. Thomas, or, you know, some kind of low-rent free agent. I've never heard of him before, frankly. But he made the interception. He caught the tip drill pass, and and it was a no harm, no foul on the Valus Jones uh, fumble. I mean, definitely, you know, no harm, no foul as far as it didn't cost the Bears any points uh, or anything like that, but a huge harm, huge foul for how stupid it was for him to do what he did. Uh, and P.J. Walker comes in because, of course, now Justin Fields is done. He's thrown he's thrown two long touchdown passes, or or we, we've had two big explosive plays that led to touchdowns that give us this early lead uh, and everything, and P.J. Walker decides on the first play. They're going to go up top, which is great. Love to see it. Uh, but he threw – it looked like – it was for Equinemius St. Brown. It looked like Equinemius was still angling towards the sideline, and Walker threw it more towards the middle of the field and also threw it 10 yards over uh, Equinemius's head. It gets picked off, so bang, bang, bang. Three consecutive plays, three turnovers, and the Titans did put that one uh, in the end zone to tie the game uh, in the second quarter. And, um, you know, but it was like Tyler Scott caught a slant pass, boom, fumbles the football uh, later on. Uh, one of the tight ends for the Titans caught a pass, turns right into the DB who pops it out of his hands, recovers uh, the fumble, and uh, you know it went back and forth like that in the second quarter, and, and somehow the Titans managed to score 10 points and take a halftime lead uh, on the Bears, 17-14 uh, to 14 at the half. But kind of like the game against Kansas City where like Kansas City kind of seemed to Dominate. They had the lead in the first half, and in the second half, the Bears not only shut them out, but ended up, you know, winning the the football game. We managed uh, three Cairo Santos field goals and and shut out the Titans to win the game, twenty three to uh, seventeen. The Bears ended up with. Let's do some quick math here. One, two, three, four, six, seven and a half, eight, eight sacks uh, on the Titans. Uh, Terrell Lewis. Uh, who I believe is an undrafted free agent, had two sacks. Jalen Harris, uh, one and a half. Our uh, seventh-round draft pick, Travis Bell, the defensive tackle out of Kennesaw State, had half a sack. Uh, Zach Pickens, I mentioned before, our third-round pick, had a really nice-looking sack where they did uh, some. Uh, they, they they ran a game on the defensive line. Uh, Zach Pickens came wide open and, and crushed Will Levis to the ground. Pretty sure it was Levis. They rotated literally like every drive. It was, you know, so it, I mean, they're easy to tell who's who. Malik Willis is black and Will Levis is white, but uh, they just kept rotating them in and out. And uh, Travis Gibson had a monster game for someone who, when the, the first official depth chart or unofficial depth chart for the Bears came out uh, last week, he was listed as f- like fourth or fifth on the depth chart at defensive end for someone who was an, a, a week one starter last year. Uh, for the Bears. So, I mean, if he had fallen out of favor, hadn't been showing up uh, in camp, he's definitely earned a few more reps in practice this week after the game he had yesterday uh, against the Titans. I mean, not only was he everywhere in making sack or making tackles, he pressured the quarterback like crazy, ended up getting a sack uh, in the game uh, as well. So it may have been much to do about nothing as far as where he was placed on the, uh, on the depth chart, but he's uh 
I mean, he definitely made a case to to get a few more reps and and maybe with the uh, the twos and threes instead of hanging back with the fours and the guys that definitely aren't making the team. So um, we'll we'll see how that all ends up uh, for uh, for Travis. But it uh, it was a great showing uh, for him uh, against the uh, Titans uh, yesterday, and uh, our other uh, fourth round pick uh, Noah Sewell, fifth round. He was a fifth rounder. Yeah, the fourth rounders were Scott and uh, Roshan. Johnson, uh, but Noah Sewell, younger brother to Penny Sewell, the, the offensive tackle for the Lions, uh, ended up with a sack as well. So, and then I believe we had two turnovers, yeah. receptions. Yeah, AJ Thomas and, and Braylon Trahan, which was the one that sealed the game because the Titans uh, still had a chance. We're going for. Uh, the win at the end, uh, Levis hung one up, and uh, Braylon Trahan uh, comes down with it to seal the game for the Bears uh, to to come away with a twenty three to seventeen victory uh, over the Titans. So, uh, other things that we saw that I enjoyed that I liked quite a bit was uh, we did see some flashes from Rashawn Johnson, uh, who led the team with forty four yards uh, on twelve carries. Yesterday, so a very decent 3.7 yard average. Travis Homer, uh, who you know the Bears signed to be more of a special teams, maybe a third down back kind of guy, uh, ran the ball well. Six carries, 25 yards, four 4.2 yard uh, average as well. Khalil only had four carries when the starters were out there. Uh, Deontay Freeman only had three carries. Treston Ebner, who I think is on the bubble, most likely not going to make the team, in my opinion. Um, the good news is everybody ran for at least three yards of carry. Everyone who carried the ball uh, yesterday, which is not the worst average in the world. Um, but, um, you know, Rashawn Johnson had a really nice run uh, yesterday where he kind of ran through, broke some tackles, and then squirted loose and broke it for about 25 yards uh, before getting pushed out of the pushed out of the, of the sidelines there. Um, you know, it was a hell of a play uh, that he made. Just showed, you know, full-out effort and I like the way he runs the ball so I hope that we do get to see him more next week against the Colts and um, that he earns his way uh, onto the field to see him more you know and the other thing that was exciting or interesting yesterday was having 2020 2022's memory of jersey numbers watching a 2023 football game like trying to remember who the hell is 94 94 is Rasheen Green, the defensive end that we signed from the Texans. And uh, we did not see Demarcus Walker. That was somebody else who was missing uh, yesterday. No Tremaine uh, Edmonds and, and, uh, and whatnot. And took a second to realize number two is DJ Moore instead of Cairo Santos, which we learned right off the bat. It's like, who the hell is number eight? And it was Cairo Santos because he gave two to DJ Moore. Uh, you know, and things like that. I, I can't remember the last time that a Chicago Bear wore 21 on offense because that's the number that Dante, Deontay Foreman is wearing. He's wearing 21, and I thought it was weird because my memory dating back to, like, the 85 Bears is 21 has always belonged to a defensive back, whether it was Leslie Frazier, you know, um, Donnell Wolford, and, and, you know, it just it always goes back. 21 has always been a defensive back. Not a running back, but Deontay Foreman was wearing 21 yesterday. So, I mean, not only was it weird to, uh, you know, to see someone new wearing 
the number, but to see somebody wearing that number on offense was especially strange uh, to me. And uh, even though the Bears announced the jersey numbers before, Tyreek Stevens is 29, Zach Pickens is uh, 96, Gavon Dexter 98, and so on and so forth. Penny, or Penny Sewell, Noah Sewell, 44, uh, and uh, TJ Edwards, 53. So what we think, what, what used to be Nick Morrow is now TJ Edwards and so on. So it's just learning the new jersey numbers all over again. And, and uh, you know, when it's like, who's number 90? Oh, yeah, that's Dominique Robinson because he gave 91 to Yannick Ngakwe. So when Yannick plays possibly next week against the Colts and you see 91 out there, that's not Dominique Robinson. That's Yannick Ngakwe. Robinson's wearing 90 now. So, you know, like I said, it's always interesting you watching these preseason games. Number one, half the numbers that you see out there aren't going to exist in a few weeks. And, you know, some guys have new numbers, free agents coming in wearing these numbers for the first time and things like that. It's always the adventure uh, of watching the first uh, game or two of the preseason is is relearning all these numbers. Uh, like we didn't see 64 yesterday. That's Nate Davis. He didn't play. Um, we didn't see 84, which is Mercedes Lewis, our new tight end, um, who I thought really quickly, what an interesting signing Mercedes Lewis was. When I saw that, I didn't get that feeling of, um, I want it was dread, you know, as, as interesting as it was that the bears would sign Jimmy Graham, it felt like something that I would have been really excited about about six years ago versus, Right here, right now, you know, if we we'd got our hands on Jimmy Graham, like say when the when the Saints traded him to Seattle to play with Russell Wilson and company, that would have been really just super exciting for the Bears. But instead, we signed him in 2019, and was like, yeah, I mean, okay, so I mean he he didn't do squat for Green Bay last year, but he's coming to play for us. Great, you know, great. He can help uh, mentor. Actually, we didn't even have Cole Komet at the time. But, you know, come in and help out. We, we definitely could use the help at tight end, so why not? But um, when, 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 when I read that the Bears had signed Mercedes Lewis, two things crossed my mind. Number one, somebody's not getting it done uh, to make a, you know, nobody's making a case for the number three tight end spot. Uh, and number two, the, that was really interesting to bring in uh, Mercedes Lewis, you know, late in the game in camp, but also, and then Ryan Poles went ahead and confirmed that for me when he was, you know, saying that he, he can teach these young guys, not just the tight ends, but everyone how to be a pro, what it, uh, what it means to take care of you. But I mean, this, he's literally setting an NFL record this year by playing his 18th season in the league as a tight end. He was drafted in 2006 by the Jags played there for 12 years before he went to Green Bay and played there for five, you know. So here he is coming to Chicago, uh, his 18th season. Uh, he's, what, 38, maybe 39 years old. He's definitely up there, but he can still do it. And the thing is, he's he just wants to play. He still loves the game, which is why he's, you know, kind of perfect for us because he's accepted his role, or at least he did in Green Bay, that he's more of the blocking tight end now than the pass catcher who's, you know, going to be our playmaker, the guy that we rely on, or the, the quarterback's best friend, if you will. 
he's coming in to serve a much bigger purpose than just to be a blocking tight end or coming on goal line situations or short yardage and, and things like that. His, his purpose will probably be more served in the locker room showing the young, because this is an extremely young roster, guys. I mean, not only has Poles, you know, gutted it down to the studs, but he's also, it's still a very young football team. You know, bringing in Mercedes Lewis drives up the average age by quite a bit because we got a lot of young guys on this football team. We didn't bring in seven, eight-year veterans and things like that. We didn't sign expensive veterans to try to win now, Ryan Poles is building this thing brick by brick with young talent so to, to have the long-term success that he experienced while he was in Kansas City. So aside from, you know, a late signing like Yannick Ngakwe and a Mercedes Lewis, we've been going at try to build through the draft and, and things like that. And I just, I really loved the signing. I thought it was really interesting because I, I knew uh, that Mercedes Lewis was not someone who just wouldn't retire. You know, he was productive for in Green Bay. He played a significant role uh, for them in helping open holes for Aaron Jones and, and the other backs in, uh, in, in Green Bay, and he prides himself upon that. Like when he joined the league, he was more the pass-catching playmaker type, but his role in the NFL is different now, and he takes pride in his blocking. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do on the field and – you know, I'm looking forward to hearing stories about how Mercedes Lewis showed some of these young guys how to be a professional and to, uh, you know, to make it in the NFL, how to take care of your body, like Ryan Pohl said, uh, and things like that. It's, it was a really interesting move, and, and I think just another one of those, you know, things for me to make a case for, you know, how well Ryan Poles, in my opinion, is knocking it out of the park right now. It's like the, the, every move is, is calculated – Every move seems to serve a purpose, uh, and uh, you know, from from bringing in Ngakwe to finally getting ourselves that veteran pass rusher, uh, to bringing in a guy like Mercedes Lewis, who's not only just going to, you know, be our third tight end and and help us in the in the run game, and so that we have balance, but to uh, to be a presence in the locker room, um, because you know, eighteen years, he's been playing football, you know for 80-plus percent of most of the guys' lives that are on this team. You know, Justin Fields is only, what, 24? And, you know, Mercedes Lewis has been playing football 18 years in the pros, in the pros, in the NFL for 18 years. So, yeah, when that guy talks, you want to listen. So it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to what's ahead this year and – you know, everyone's zero and zero when, when, when week one comes around, so we all have a reason to have some kind of hope, especially uh, in the NFL. And I hope that our hopes and dreams come true and that we see we, go to, we put a good football team on the field and that we get to see uh, this team uh, flourish like many of us think it will. So I think that's going to do it, guys, for the preseason week one review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. Come back next week. Bears and Colts play next Saturday night in Indy, and uh, we'll have that reviewed for you on Sunday. I am officially moving back to the Chicagoland area that following weekend on the 25th, just in time to see the Bears' last preseason game against the Bills on the 26th. We'll wrap that up. And a pretty little bow. Get ready for week one Bears-Packers to kick this thing off 
for real. So come on back next weekend. We'll talk Bears, Colts, see how the second preseason game goes, uh, see if the offense can uh, keep it going with the, the fireworks and the excitement that they gave us in the very short time they were on the field uh, yesterday. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been Bears Talk Underground.